0: Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding in Conflict, and I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. My guest today is Denise LaRue. She's a trauma-informed life coach, helping women reclaim their power and pursue life on their terms. After spending 15 years in the corporate world, she realized there was something missing Exhausted from the nine-to-five grind and realizing her time was rarely her own, she decided to trade in her golden handcuffs for a life of freedom and fulfillment. Using her own life experiences, Denise helps women navigate seasons of change while creating their own purpose-filled life. Welcome, Denise. It's a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So what is a trauma-informed life coach?
1: That is a great question. So basically, we as human beings all have life experiences that shape really the type of adult we become. And oftentimes those experiences can be considered trauma. So we think of trauma as, you know, capital T trauma or the trauma that you hear about on the news. But there's also trauma that can cause you to, for example, Feel the need to be a perfectionist in your life in order to feel loved or appreciated or accepted. And I help women understand what those experiences are or they, you know, what they were as usually young children um, that sort of shaped their adult life and how are those experiences keeping them stuck, whether it's in a toxic relationship, a toxic job, Or, you know, just a situation that they're just not happy with. And so as a trauma-informed coach, I help you understand your trauma and then heal your trauma so that you can sort of get unstuck and move forward in your life.
0: So are you saying that there are things that really happen to us in our lives starting early on that are really challenging for us to deal with and that those create who we are in a way, because we form around some of those traumatic events, even if they're not like, oh, it was a hit and run, but they were difficult, challenging in our in our childhoods, in our development as human beings, and that we don't even know that we're still reacting to those things.
1: That's exactly correct.
0: Yes. Oh, that's really interesting. So what yeah. was it after 15 years in the corporate world that led you to say, wait a second, I, I think there's more? Well,
1: I thought I had the perfect life. I had the perfect life on paper, certainly. And yet I woke up every morning feeling like there was something missing, but I couldn't quite figure out what that was. And so I just sort of, you know, like a lot of people just went through the day to day and, you know, got up in the morning, made sure my kids got off to school and went to work. And I was an executive in corporate America and, I just every day felt like there has to be something more. This just doesn't feel fulfilling to me. And as time went on with, you know, sort of holding on to that feeling, what ended up happening was honestly, I started to burn out. And I didn't see the signs necessarily. I didn't really understand that what I was feeling was sort of the the early signs of burnout. Until one morning I was pulling into the parking lot at work, and I had a panic attack and It was the very first time that had ever happened to me and Once I realized what was happening and it took a few you know deep breaths to calm down, I walked in and into my office I went to the c e o and I resigned on the spot and realized that there you know, you you hear people say oftentimes life is too short to live this way, but really life is too long to live it being miserable. And so I made the decision that day that I was going to take back my power. And I had no idea what that meant, but I knew that I was going to start to live life on my terms. And so I, you know, started taking steps that day to figure it out, figure out what was missing and how I could... Utilize my life experiences to help other women so that maybe they could, you know, sort of get through their seasons of change a little bit faster than I did. And, you know, with support and, and hopefully get to the other side, you know, a little less traumatized um, than I was in a lot of my life experiences.
0: Well, you talk about navigating seasons of change. And of course, the topic of this show is divorce. And that yeah. is a big season of change, whether or not you Absolutely. choose it or not. Yeah. So, and, you know, and you use this phrase, Denise LaRue, take back your power. And I can imagine that that sounds a little granola bar, <laughs> new agey uh-huh. <laughs> to our listeners. And so, you know, how do people take back their power, one, and, you know, can you relate it to divorce, you know, especially yeah. if you're not the one who chooses it?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I think, so I'm divorced and I think that when you go through a divorce, oftentimes you can feel like you have no control, like you've completely lost your power to, you know, make decisions, to, you know, make some of the choices that you want to make in your life. And it can be paralyzing. And I've watched and helped many women who feel like they don't even really know how to take the first step in a new direction once, you know, once they've sort of navigated their divorce. And so what I encourage women to do is to really recognize that they are a priority. They are important. Their needs matter. And it is okay for them to make themselves a priority. It's okay to practice self-care, it's okay to, you know, really ask for what you need, ask for help and expect that you're going to get your needs met. And oftentimes, you know, just women in general have a hard time with that concept. But I think once you've gone through a divorce, it becomes that much more challenging. And so when I talk about taking back your power, what I really mean is taking control, understanding that it's okay for you as a woman to navigate this season of change in a way that you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to walk around being a statistic. You don't have to be a stereotype. You can create a life for yourself that makes you happy and fulfilled and at peace. And that's okay. And I think sometimes women almost need permission to be happy, you know, to to say, yes, I'm divorced and I'm happy and I'm living, you know, the life that I desire to live, you know, after divorce.
0: You know, Denise LaRue, I think it's really kind of interesting because you're talking about it's being okay. I think it's more than okay. It's desirable, Mm -hmm. not just for the woman herself, but for the world we live in. I think we owe it to the world we live in to bring our fullest, best, most fulfilled selves so that we can contribute everything we have to contribute. And it's not okay not to. What do you think about
1: absolutely, that? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. We are all placed on this earth for a reason. We all have gifts. And it is, I believe, our duty to use those gifts to, you know, create your very best life here on this earth. And so, yes, it's more than okay. I, I actually think it's a requirement. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a necessity for us to you know, to really utilize the gifts that we were given.
0: And I think it's really important for women to hear that it's a duty, not okay, because it sounds like, well, it's okay to do this, like, well, it's okay to have ice cream once a week, you know, but it would be better <laughs> if you didn't, right? Like, there's a, there's <laughs> sure. a kind of, like, negative, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong yeah. with having ice cream once a week, you know, I don't mean that at all, but, you know, if you're on a diet, say. Right,
1: right. right? Okay. <laughs>
0: You know, it would be better if you could skip the ice cream just for a while, you know, until you reach your goals. So I just don't want to, I I think that just in terms of the tone of it, that it's really important for women, for all people. But I think you're right that women are subject to feeling that they have to put themselves neck behind, you know, they have to be in Mm -hmm. service to their children or their marriages or their job or whatever it is. That it's important for them to stand up and participate fully for themselves, not just for other people.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, one thing that I think is really hard for women and for men to deal with in the end of a marriage is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah. So forgiveness was probably the most challenging thing for me in my divorce because I didn't fully understand the power of forgiveness. I always assumed that forgiveness meant that it was okay, whatever you know the other person did, your spouse or whomever, what they did, and I never wanted to make it okay. (laughs) I never wanted to sort of give that, you know, permission for it to be okay. But what I've learned is that forgiveness is about me. It was about me. It was about my feelings and my energy and not carrying the weight any longer of those negative feelings. So to be able to you know forgive my ex-husband was a gift for myself it was a gift to me but not only is it important it's it's actually critical to forgive the other person but it's even more important for you to forgive yourself and that is one of the most common things that i find with the women that i work with is that they really have a hard time Forgiving themselves for a, you know, a whole list of things that they can come up with. But once they do that, once they forgive themselves, what they see, what ends up happening is this whole world opens up for them because they start to see how in not forgiving themselves, they were making choices that essentially continued to punish themselves. And by forgiving yourself, it frees you from that and you're able to then make decisions, make choices that really empower you to really live your best life and to use your gifts and, you know, give to others. And it's a really powerful thing that you can do for yourself. And I think it's, it is misunderstood by a lot of people. And it's something that is, I think, just really important and critical in your healing and being able to move forward to the next chapter of your life.
0: I'm Katherine Miller. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WBOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. We're also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all of your favorite apps. Episodes are also available on our website, www.divorcedialogues.com, and I'm talking today with Denise LaRue. She's a trauma-informed life coach, and we're talking about getting out of a divorce and some of the things that go into that. And you know, we were discussing Denise LaRue forgiveness. And it's a topic that comes up a lot on the show because Mm -hmm. it's so challenging. And we're told so much in society that we should forgive. And I think you make a really excellent point, and that is it seems like to many people that forgiveness means giving the person who hurt you a pass for that Mm -hmm. hurt, and that it's not really about that. It's about finding a way to move on in yourself and to not hold on really in a victim like way to let them define you with the hurt. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're saying. Is that right?
1: That is absolutely what I'm saying. And it's a step towards freedom for you.
0: And so in the work that you do with clients, what are some of the things that you help them? What are some of the techniques that you use and ways in which you help them? And maybe you have a story of someone who was able to find a place of forgiveness without making it okay.
1: Sure. So oftentimes what we will do is we will work through, we sort of work backwards. So we look at, you know, the incident, the hurt, whether it's infidelity or abuse whatever the thing is, if you will, that you need to forgive for. We sort of start there and then we work backwards in helping. I help my clients to see how, really how their trauma and how their patterns sort of contributed to getting to that place in their marriage. So I'm not, I'm not, blaming or putting, you know, blame on my client, but I want them to see and learn how their patterns contribute to this so that they don't repeat those patterns going into their next relationship. So we start there. And then once we're able to kind of complete that cycle of helping them see their contribution, if you will, to the situation in their marriage then what we do is we work on truly on forgiving and there's different tools and techniques that we do that are actually quite simple that anyone can do. Some of my clients will choose to, you know, they're in a place where they can sit down with the individual that they need to forgive and they can actually have a conversation with them. Some of my clients are like, there is no way I'm doing that. Let's come up with a plan B. For those folks, I've had clients write emails and send them. I've had Clients write emails and not send them. I've had clients write an old fashioned letter with paper and pen and then actually burn the letter. It's kind of, it really depends on what you need and what your comfort level is. But each of those techniques works and it's a very powerful experience to go through. And there's something cathartic about you know, just going through the process, like I said, whether you send the email or don't send the email, send the letter or burn the letter, it's it's just about you. And it's about you getting those feelings out. It's about you coming to terms and it's about you healing and moving forward in your life.
0: So it sounds like what you're saying is that, it, that the writing or the conversation or whatever that method is allows the Person who feels hurt to process what it was and also to take some responsibility for their own lives. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's what helps you step out of the victim role when you can sort, because I mean, as you know, there's always multiple sides to every story um, and every divorce. And so I think when you can see your role in some of the troubles and you can then. That's also part of forgiving yourself um, and forgiving your ex-spouse and then being able to move forward with your life. It takes you out of that victim role and it allows you to feel empowered to then you know, move forward in your life and, and particularly in your next relationship because you've learned so much about your patterns, your trauma, and how that contributed to the problems that you had in your marriage.
0: Now, I think it's a very complex web, the way you discuss it, Denise, because on the one hand, You know, people come into these divorces, and particularly women, we're talking about, you know, really angry for some, not Mm -hmm. everybody, but many do. Mm -hmm. And angry for a perceived hurt or perceived betrayal, you know, whether or not that's choosing to end the marriage or an infidelity or, you know, some economic misbehavior or, you know, something, Mm -hmm. you know, something surprise along those lines. And I think that my experience is that you're right, that although, the person is often very angry at the other person, deep down and much harder to deal with is the anger at themselves. How could Mm -hmm. I have missed? How could I have let this happen? How could I not have known? You know, and and somehow or other, they've ruined, I think in their view at the time, their lives by their ineptitude of some kind. And as you're talking about the forgiveness and the self-forgiveness, as well as the forgiveness of the other person. This idea of taking ownership of it—that sounds really like a painful thing to do. Because at the time, one hand, you're trying to own, and I think the anger at the other person sometimes masks some of the anger at yourself, and so sometimes mm-hmm. people don't want to see it. But that—you know—that's really the most intense piece of it. I think we save the best, our worst judgment for ourselves, as a general rule. And that, but the work that you're doing is helping people face that, and then also forgive themselves. But that part in between, you know, once yeah. you faced it before you forgive yourself, wow, that sounds tough.
1: It is. It is tough. And I think the thing, and and I think that's why it's so important to have support as you're going through that journey, because it is tough. Um, it can be very painful. And the important thing to remember is that It's actually not your fault. You know, you may have behaved a certain way. You may have done certain things or said certain things. But it all stems from a trauma or a childhood experience that shaped who you are as an adult. And so I think when you can look at a person and say, this is not your fault, but we're still going to understand it. And we're going to heal it and we're going to move forward with it. Yes, it's tough. I'm not, I've never ever said to a client, Oh, this is going to be a piece of cake because it's not. But the reward for getting through it is so huge that it really is worth the pain and the difficulty that you're going to go through as you experience this transformation. And it's critical to have support as you go through it. So whether that's a counselor or, you know, a coach or a support group, it's important that you are not trying to navigate this on your own because it is challenging
0: you're listening to Divorce Dialogues, I'm Katherine Miller, and we're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. And we're also available as a podcast on your regular podcast apps, as well as the podcast website, www.divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with uh, trauma-induced life coach Denise LaRue. And for our listeners, Denise, if they want more information about your work or about you, how can they get it?
1: Sure. They could uh, visit my website, which is deniselaruecoaching.com. And there's information on my website so that if you are interested in learning more about me or connecting with me, you can certainly view all of that through the website, deniselaruecoaching.com. And for
0: our listeners who might be considering divorce, our women listeners who might be considering divorce, and maybe this is applicable to men as well, what is the advice that you have for them as they think about the, the possible divorce process?
1: Oh my goodness, that's a great question. I think that the best advice that I can give to anyone, man or woman, who is contemplating divorce is that you've got to really listen to your intuition. We all have it. Some of us can tap into it a little easier than others, but you've all probably experienced that gut feeling or that just instinct when you know something's right or wrong. And if you can allow yourself to listen and hear that intuition um, and then follow it, sort of let it lead you there's a really good chance that you're going to be making the right decision because your intuition rarely leads you down the wrong path. Usually, if you are led down the wrong path, it's because you allowed your mind to jump in and didn't just follow your heart or your intuition. And so that's the best advice I can give. I mean, I'm not in your marriage. I'm not in your situation. So my best advice is to listen to that inner voice, that intuition or that gut feeling that you have. That's telling you really what you should be doing.
0: You know, that sort of brings me back to your t- telling your story at the beginning of the show. And I, I think most people would probably say, don't act within 15 minutes of having a panic attack, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> <I did. laughs> you know, and, you know, I don't know for any of our listeners who've ever had that experience. It is not a fun one. It really can feel no. like you are literally dying and you might ch- yeah. m- drive yourself straight to the emergency room or call 911. Mm-hmm. And so what there must have been something, Denise, about mm-hmm. your serious gut instinct that this was the right thing to do. And how did you reach yeah. that?
1: Yeah, I mean, literally, this is going to sound a little bit woo-woo, but literally once I sort of calmed down and realized I wasn't having a heart attack, I heard a voice and the voice said, this is enough. And in that moment, you know, I just, I started crying and because it was, I had seen the signs, I was pushing them away. Like I knew my, I was ignoring my intuition leading up to that point. And it literally took me feeling like I was having a heart attack in the parking lot to finally listen to that voice and say okay i'm you know that i don't need anything else to happen this was enough and so it was scary i i don't pretend like i wasn't scared out of my mind i mean i'm a single mom and i walked in and i resigned from my six figure salary without a plan and so i really trusted my intuition i trusted my faith and I knew that if this was happening, there was a reason and I needed to follow it. And I needed to trust that there was a plan for me. And basically, that's what I've been doing ever since.
0: And how do you use that experience to help other women find their purpose? Oh, gosh, that's a great question.
1: Um So we all have a purpose. There's a technique that I use to kind of help women tap into really, again, their past. So if you think about your childhood, you know, what is an activity that you did as a child that you could just get lost in for hours and hours that you just really enjoyed? And is there something as an adult that you could get lost in for hours and hours that you really enjoy? When you start to allow yourself to remember the things that you really enjoyed as a child, the feelings, the experiences, the people there's clues. There's clues in everything we do. And so I help my clients really understand what all of those clues mean and sort of put them all together to paint, you know, a picture of this is what you're intended to be doing. These are your gifts. This is why you're here. And then oftentimes, you know, people think of purpose as their job and it doesn't have to be your job. It could be, your purpose, you know, you could fulfill your purpose through volunteer work or through things that you do with your family. Um, it doesn't always have to be your job. For a lot of people, they do turn their purpose into their job or into their paycheck, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I do help my clients just really sort of trace back um, in time to really pull out little tidbits, pieces, and parts of their life that sort of tell the story and help them to see what their real purpose is in this world.
0: Do you think that, um, just imagine in our last seconds, that if our listeners are out there, well, I want to start finding my purpose this afternoon, what's the best way to do that? Journaling, meditation, anything?
1: Um, I would say journaling, making lists, and uh, meditating, and then listening for the answers.
0: All right. That is super good advice. Denise LaRue, Trauma-Informed Life Coach, it's been a pleasure to have you on our show today. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.